Welcome to the Ellendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. We are here to talk about this webinar that uh, Allendale just put out yesterday, talking about the potential in the corn and bean market. Mike, uh, what what do you think that, that uh, we need to do after hearing this webinar, and, and what are your takeaways from this thing? The big thing you got to take away, I think, is one – Beans is pretty fairly priced where we're sitting at right now with what we're getting for the uh, carryout number. And two, corn seems to be overpriced no matter which way you're swinging it. So it's it's fairly priced. That means with maybe a slight decrease in in ending stocks uh, on the next report, we could we'd go a little bit higher. But unless we get to, uh, another shot of demand or things go astray with the uh, the Chinese uh, trade talks that uh, we're this is where we should be a B for the n- expiration of that November contract right right correct so it's get I think the whole year has been really China driven and unfortunately we keep talking about the same thing over and over again when it comes to China but that's basically what this bean market is mm-hmm. thankfully we did get a supply hit this year and it's going to help that balance sheet because if we didn't get a supply hit you'd probably be still looking at that billion bushel carry out right but beans got the golden ticket that we needed for corn as well this year that we just didn't get well i think the 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 thing to really take away from what uh rich and and steve were talking about is these numbers look better than they did before but this by no means means that we're ready to take off and go to the next level higher on these markets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the carryout of stocks to use ratio for uh, for corns at uh, 14, 14.3%. That's higher than it needs to be. Uh, I think last year we were talking about it being at 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at, at 14.3, we probably are at a point where we're good. We need to be making sales. And that's that's cash that's on the board. Um and it's not it's not because oh it's we're afraid that it's you know going to completely fall apart, but this is what needs to be done at this point. Right. And I think it was great that we had the connection back to that 2015 just like we talked in the podcast cuz that's the last time we were up here and we had a drastically different situation when it came to that ending stock and carryout number. Right. I think a lot of uh, the things that we've talked about in the last few weeks with uh, regard to corn and beans, they they pretty well affirmed what we were what we were talking about. I mean, we've we've been saying for a while that you know, the demand picture in corn is awful. The demand picture in beans is not uh, not all that great. We've seen an uptick here recently because China's been coming into it, but if things sour and we're not able to sign this phase 1 deal, We've got ourselves a problem again, and we're still, you know, we're still behind on where where things should be as far as that uh, that bean demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, just how it sounds so far this week after we had this weekend of some great deal phase one supposed to be coming through. We're ha- now having talks about how the Chinese delegation wants U.S. lawmakers to stay out of Beijing. That's China's, China's internal affairs, as they stated, and that. They don't see it realistically possible to be buying $50 billion worth of ag products if we don't drop retaliatory tariffs after we just postpone tariffs. Mm-hmm. 
So it also leads back to that idea we've been, well, at least I've been saying, I think I stated in one of the past podcasts about China just seems like they're looking to feed their people and get the holiday shipments out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think, uh, and I think one of the things that uh, is, you know, the biggest concern is we're pretty far off as far as what what each side is actually talking about. So you had the president out here on Friday talking up this phase one of the deal and how big it was going to be, 40 to $50 billion worth of, uh, of ag purchases over the next two years. No details on that. Um, and he used, used the word deal multiple times, multiple times. And he wanted to make sure that the farmers knew that we were taking care of them. They were going to need to buy new tractors because they, they had to have bigger tractors. Of and, course, because we have to produce so much more and right. those bigger tractors could help. Well, I think, uh, in, you know, and then you look at it and, and the Chinese are coming out and saying, you know, we've got a fundamental agreement or we've come to some common ground. They're not saying the word deal. Uh, and they're, you know, and everything they've said is we need to discuss and we need to go back to the negotiating table to hammer out all the details. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, ever since basically Sunday night, it really feels like they're trying to put the brakes on it saying, no, no, no we didn't agree to a deal. We just feel like we're getting closer to both sides being happy. But I... I kind of am at that point where we've been bitten enough times that we're either going to, they're either going to back out of it or we're going to say something that, or we're going to push the envelope again with tariffs and we're going back to the drawing board again. Mm -hmm. And uh, very well as possible. There's rumors that maybe China bought 15 cargoes of Brazil beans for mid-November shipment and... With China backtracking, you also have Trump saying today that we're not most likely to get anything signed until the APEC meeting in Chile. Mm-hmm. And that led to beans selling off pretty hard here in the mid-set, early day session. Uh, came back a little bit towards the end, but they close below that 930 level, which, yeah. I mean, every single dime seems to be that psychological standpoint. So it'll be interesting, but it does feel... So similar to last year with the G20 summit. It does. You know, you get that this excitement and, you know, maybe the president was out there trying to rush a, an announcement of a deal so that uh, he could look strong going into 2020 and because it's an, an election cycle for us. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, we're, we've, we've done this enough times now where I – until Xi and Trump sit down – and actually sign something, I don't know that I'll believe we actually have a deal. The problem is the amount of money that I'm pushing around in the market uh, versus what the big guys have is nowhere near. So I could I could be wrong and say, okay, well, we need to make sure that we cover prices because there's not much more to the upside, and next thing you know, we're up another 70 cents. That very well could be possible, and that's the, that's the glory about being able to use the board as well because you can hedge it. If you don't think that this is it, you really have a – good feeling that china and u.s are going to make a deal mm. and that price is skyrocketing well at least hedge your bet because right. well and and we've as we've talked about i mean if you make the sale and you think well you know what i just in case we do get a deal the price is going to go up reown it yeah you can buy a call or a call spread and just say well this is my what if and it's my lucky lottery ticket if if i sold too early 
and the price continues to go up, I'm on board with it going up because I'm going to take advantage of it. But the the thing to, to remember and the thing we've talked about ad nauseum at this point is you need to do something mm-hmm. with this. You know, and, and if your plan is to put it in the bin for the winter, fine. Nobody's saying that they, that's not a viable option. The thing that we're saying about that is you need to make sure that you're looking at a protection plan, whether it's buying a put, selling futures, you know, doing some sort of a uh, a plan, an option strategy, whatever you want to do. That's where you need to to have something done on the board, like you said, because if if you don't do something, and we do hit this hit the skids on this uh, on this market, whether it's the beans or the corn, you just gave away. 10, 15, 30, 50 cents mm-hmm. in a matter of no time. And we've seen it happen enough times where it's like, this is not the time where the markets generally go up unless we have a South American issue because we're talking right now going into harvest and harvest pressure. Right. And just going back to that, selling now your cash and reowning possibly with the call, you don't even have to get that far out with this. I mean, that APEC meeting is November 11th through yep. the 17th, so yep. you're a month out. You don't have a lot of time value in the options there. Something just to have a cheap, at this point, bet. And then do we have a, a G20 meeting at the beginning of December again? I was looking at that. I don't think we do. I think it's the APEC. The, the It's just the, yeah. the Asia-Pacific a- right. economic, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so that's what that's what we're looking forward to, and that's what the president was alluding to with his three to five weeks to get a deal together. Well, um, if that's the case, I mean, he's even said we don't. It doesn't have to be at the APEC, but it would be nice because they know they're both already going to be there. Right, and I'm, when when's the last time we've seen Trump and Xi in the same room together? It's at these big conf- these big summits. Right, they, I, I, they don't get together. Like they did when he was first elected, and when mm-hmm. he was bringing him in to play golf at Marlago or whatever, um, he has not traveled very much, as you know, as we've seen, and and he's preferred to bring in world leaders to Washington mm-hmm. um, to to discuss trade and whatnot with them. But yeah. we're not seeing you know Xi come over here recently at all. Yeah, I want to say last time we saw him in the room together was the G20 summit last year. Yeah, I mean. Ten months later. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. And every single time you get these press conferences, like you said, you have everyone being introduced or brought over here. And you see today the Italian president, I think last week it was the Swedish president or something. Yeah, along the lines. I believe yeah. so. So week after week you see these press conferences, but they always lead back to China mm-hmm. or Turkey and Syria. Yeah, which, well, and, and what we've seen, you know, with European leaders is whether they're part of the EU or not is they're dealing with similar issues with with Chinese trade as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have our tariffs out there for, for pretty much everybody, but they're, they're having their issues with China. So it's a common ground type thing that I think the president's using that as leverage to say, hey, listen, you know, let's make sure that our our ties are are strong, and we've got good trade between the two between our two countries, because we don't know what we can count on from from China at this point, because mm-hmm. they've been trying to you know trying to be a snake in the grass for for years. Yeah, and these talks recently with all these EU country leaders has mostly been around these tariffs that were approved the World Trade Organization on Airbus. 
um, trying to get that in place. He stated today that we can't lose a tariff war because our deficit is so much greater towards other countries. So it just goes back towards that feeling that, and it's not even a feeling at this point, just knowing that he's ready and willing to put on tariffs whenever he feels necessary. And then one final thing to uh, to talk about is this South American uh, production. Um, Rich was talking about it yesterday in the in the webinar. And if any if anybody wants to watch it, go to our website. We've got a link at the uh, top of the page where you can click on it and, and watch it. We did it for free. Um, it's not going to give you trade ideas or trade recommendations. It's going to give you fundamentals and technicals that give you a reason to th- to understand why we think the market's going to go in a certain direction. But um, the South American thing is, you know, it's been a little bit dry down there, but now they're talking about Argentina getting some rains over the next few weeks. Argent- uh, Brazil is behind on their rain, uh, which, you know, if that switches and they start to get it, then they're – Right on schedule, you know they'll get caught right back up with uh, with planting, um, but that's something that we've been saying for a while is you can't necessarily trade dryness in Brazil at this time. Right, it's going to have to be something later on, maybe out to December as we get closer to fifty percent uh, planted for them, mm-hmm. or when we should be at fifty percent planted. Yeah, and this farewell could open up and they could get everything in the ground very nicely and have another bin buster year. So definitely something just to monitor but not get too hysterical about just yet. Right. Most of the idea from the conference is when, timing of when you should be bullish, when you should be bearish, mm-hmm. and that's another great thing to listen to this conference for is to get the information so you can make those decisions. So you're not just listening to us saying go sell your crop and not really getting the full fundamental picture through our podcast, but Rich does break down the numbers very well for you, mm-hmm. where the economic value is and why it is there. Right. So. There's there's a lot of a lot of ifs out there. There's a lot of unknown that you know we've been talking about unknowns in this in these markets for months, and the, a lot of the unknowns are bullish. The problem is you can't necessarily trade them mm-hmm. until they really pop up and like talking to a couple of customers last week about well the snowstorm that we had through the uh, the northern plains well why why aren't we trading that it's tough to say how much damage that's going to bring mm-hmm. we aren't going to know that for a while so you can't really necessarily jump on it it's not like when you have a big snowstorm and that halts uh traffic for uh cattle moving in the in the western plains or in the plains it's it's something that's very very much takes time to understand how much damage you've done to a particular plant or the maturity level of a plant. Yeah, and that's kind of, that's why we're just kind of hovering where we're at, really at the level we were at before the report came out, before we hit the big rally on the Friday uh, before the snowstorm, and we're just kind of hovering here, trying to see what the issue is. Is it a huge issue? Is it something that's going to finally be this reason for us to go on this rip-roaring rally? Or is it kind of just going to be a mild issue that is being glossed over because of the RSF, that policy that the APA announced that was disappointing, and the exports that's disappointing, and just another variable in the mix about why this corn market has been such a painstaking market to be a part of this year. So, But again, like, uh, like Greg said, if you guys want to watch the 
conference. It's on our webpage. You can find that at allendale-inc.com. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to give us a call at 1-800-262-7538. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung and Greg McBride. You guys have a great day.